Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Yeah. So I want to do something today. Uh, Dr. Hardy, where are you at? Can I get your Jesus flag real quick? She did? Oh, man. Do you guys have a flag? Guys, what is up with your flags? Okay. If you get it, cool. Yes. You know, I, I wanted to do something today that I was praying about last night. How many, um, any, any sneaker heads, any sneaker heads in the room? Anybody like sneakers? I like sneakers. How many saw the little Nas mischief shoe that's coming out tomorrow? Raise your hand. Okay. How many know who Little Nas is? No, Little Nas X. You know, I'm going to take my horse to the old town road. I'm going to Well, he just released this new song uh, and this video um, that is horrendous, that is evil, that is a mockery of everything that we stand for and believe. And... There's a company called Mischief, and you know, with with shoes, a lot of people little not thought Little Nas partnered with Nike, but this is not a Nike release, so don't go burning your Air Force Ones just yet, okay? <laughs> but what has happened? See, what had happened was Little Nas teamed up with Mischief, and they've taken the Air Max 97, which is a black running shoe. They've put upside down crosses on it, pentagrams inside and outside. They're only making 666 pairs. And in the sole of the shoe, they're putting 66 cc's of red ink and a drop of human blood. And it releases tomorrow, the Monday of Holy Week. It's crazy. Got it? Oh, yes. Perfect. So I just feel like, you know, a lot of people would say of all weeks. Yeah, if you want to give it up for Jesus, give it up for Jesus. I'm going to borrow that. (laughs) So exactly. And so I want to challenge us as a church. Let me help me. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you, Gracie. Let me come on this side. You know, a lot of us, we think, well, we're going to cancel little Nas. But I think we should love little Nas. Yeah. Yesterday, my heart was broken because you could think, man, of all weeks to do that, Holy Week, you know, the enemy knows what's happening, not just in the kingdom, but he also knows what's happening in this generation, this young generation of worshipers and young people. And what's, if he's going to try to do anything, he's going to try to release a shoe. And it literally has the scripture in Luke where it says, and he fell from heaven like lightning. It has that scripture on the shoe. And it says in the box, it's better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. But we have an opportunity. And I was thinking about this last night. We can get so caught up in cancel culture and burning our Nikes and and all these things. But I, I heard Jesus say, make me the main event. Make me the focus. And what I see that as and a lot of things that are pushing back on us in pop culture and culture are just simply distractions. Somebody say distractions. He said in his word, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. And so we have an opportunity to praise the Lord, to lift him higher 
and higher and higher and higher. Don't get distracted and say, hey, we're going to cancel Nike and we're going to cancel. Little nods. You know what I started praying last night? I said, Holy Spirit, make him have a, an Ebenezer Scrooge encounter where not three ghosts, but one ghost, the Holy Ghost, visits him at midnight and then at two and then at four and then he has some kind of encounter like Zacchaeus had. I don't know what happened in that room, but when Zacchaeus came out, he wanted to give all his money, return all the debts. I don't know what God, what you can do or how you can do it, but would you give little Nas an encounter so that he comes out and says, listen, I need, to, I need to burn these shoes. I need to do something because his music targets kids. And I heard in that song, Hosanna, uh, or, uh, yeah, Hosanna, and that one line says, I see a generation rising up to take their place. So I want to challenge us as these people do things. Listen, don't be surprised. The earth is the earth, right? The earth is the earth. I'm not shocked anymore. I've, I've stopped saying, I can't believe. <laughs> Come on now. It's, it's the world. We live in a fallen world. It's nuts what's happening. But keep Jesus the main focus. And you know what? Of all weeks for them to release a shoe, I think it's the best week. Because tomorrow is Holy Monday. And I'm just praying that every shoe, all 666 pairs of shoes, get lost in the mail. You know the same company, Mischief, they made a Jesus shoe. It actually has um, 66 cc's of holy water in it from the Jordan River. So I pray that those magically turn into Jesus shoes. <laughs> Come on now. So it's just crazy what's happening. We need to be aware. Don't watch that video. Don't let your kids watch that video. Be aware of what's happening, but don't get into all this cancel culture. All right? We're going to cancel the devil, but we're going to lift Jesus higher. All right? Come on. Can we take about 30 seconds just to lift up Jesus Come on, you have our attention. You have our focus. Come on. We love you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. We're not going to get distracted by Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and Toctic and all that stuff. Our focus is on you. Hear the Holy Spirit say, pay attention to the cross. Jesus, we love you. We love you, yeah. So, of all weeks, every day, don't get distracted. Keep Jesus the main thing. Keep the main thing the main thing. Amen? Uh, Clay, can you come out and just play behind me just for a few moments, please? Guys, it's such an honor to to be with you guys today and, um, you know, being a sneakerhead and, and loving young people and having young people in my house, that really bothered me, but it really challenged me. We, I went to each kid last night and we prayed for little Nas. We prayed that he would have an encounter. Uh, and we're just going to say, what a, what a moment, what an opportunity for Jesus to come in and get the glory, right? We don't curse little Nas. We bless him with an encounter from Jesus himself. Come on. I'm excited about that. And all these people in pop culture, we just pray that they just have encounters, that this thing just flips and turns. And the best way we can reach people is by loving people, right? I'm not saying we got to like share their music and, and repost what, and, and do what they do, but we, we have to love them through all of that. I have some spiritual son. I have a spiritual son right now who's just on the wrong path, singing the wrong things, doing the wrong things. And it's a balance to, to love him and affirm him even in what he's doing. And so I just challenge us as the body of Christ to, to love people. Because that's what Jesus did for me. And that's what this week is all about. It's not just about Jesus going on a donkey ride. 
But it's this week, these seven, seven days that led up to the greatest moment in history. This is why we're here. Because of a donkey ride that started the whole week, the whole thing. Do you love Jesus today? Me too. I love Jesus. Yes, I do. I love Jesus. How about you? <laughs> I just want to share a few thoughts this Palm Sunday. And um, before we jump in, I just want to take time to pray. Can we just bow our heads and pray? Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done today. Holy Spirit, you're so awesome. Oh, we need you. <laughs> we love you. Clay, I don't know if you know this song. Hallelujah, it is finished. Hallelujah, it is done. Hallelujah, King forever. And we thank you for the cross. Hallelujah, it is finished. Hallelujah, it is done. Hallelujah, King forever. And we thank you for the cross. Cause death could not hold you. The veil tore before you. You silenced the boast of sin and For you are raised to life again. You have no rival. You have no rival. You have no equal. Now and forever. Come on, sing it out. Yours is the glory. Yours is the name above all names. What a powerful name. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a powerful name it is. Nothing can stand. Nothing can stand against what a powerful name it is, the name of Jesus. In the book of Matthew, chapter 21, verses 1 through 11, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. Anybody ever feel like this donkey? All tied up. But Jesus says, untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, Say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. This is from Zechariah 9.9. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal 
of a donkey. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees, the palm trees, and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus. Look at somebody and say, this is Jesus. <laughs> this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Thank you, Clay. How many had a good week? How many had a good week this past week? Uh, how many had a bad week? <laughs> a rough week. We'll say a rough week. All right. How many uh, looking forward, looking ahead, uh, you got a busy week? Easter's coming up. You're probably looking on the schedule. You got to go get your Easter outfit, you know, your, your Easter uh, eggs, you know, and what do you call the Easter bunny on the Monday after Easter? Did y'all exhausted, you know? So it's going to be a big week, busy week. Y'all like that dad joke? I am a dad, so. But, you know, I think about Jesus at this moment. This week starts what we call Holy Week or Passion Week. And a lot will transpire over these next seven days. And on the eighth day, he will resurrect. He will come back. And um, I try to imagine if Jesus had a Google calendar, what that would look like. Any Google calendar people or iCalendar people, for me, if it doesn't get on the calendar, it doesn't get done, right? If I don't write it down. And so I could imagine Jesus kind of looking at the week ahead because he is the son of God. And I believe he knew everything that would transpire this week coming up. And you think you have a busy week. <laughs> Imagine what Jesus' week looked like. I Several times this week, just from Matthew 21 through the end of the chapter, and even in all four Gospels, it talks about this triumphant entry. But everything to listen to the word of everything that happened from this donkey ride to this empty tomb. What an insane week. Palm Sunday, he's going to triumphantly enter the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. And then crowds are going to cheer and shout Hosanna. But then know it leads into a holy Monday and a holy Tuesday. On Monday, what do I have on Monday? Oh, that's when I cleanse the temple. That's when I flip some tables and said, my house will be called a house of prayer. But I also... I'm going to heal some sick later that day and drop some knowledge, some parables. And, but then Tuesday, uh, I, I got to go curse a fig tree. And, and I've got a story to tell through that, right? Right, right? Man, I got a lot to do on Monday too. Oh, yeah, and all these Pharisees, they're going to try to question my authority and back me in the corner. Listen to the word. Jesus is so good with his words. How he would respond to the Pharisees and the priests was nuts, but Wednesday is going to be a little low-key, silent Wednesday, or as some people call it, spy Wednesday, but one of my closest disciples will betray me on this day. But then I go into Mondry Thursday, or Mondi Thursday. I, I, I'm going to have supper with my boys. We're going to have a good old foot washing service. It's when he calls out Judas, one of you will betray me. There's a little joke that Bishop says, and I'm going to try to tell it right. You know that story of Jesus in the upper room, and before he breaks the bread, he says, one of you will betray me. And Peter says, Jesus, is it I? Jesus says, no, it's not you. And James says, Jesus, is it I? Jesus says, no, it's not you. And John says, Jesus, is it I? And Jesus says, no, it's not you. And Judas says, Jesus, is it I? 
And Jesus looks at him and goes, you need to see the day? But after supper, after the foot washing, after the breaking of the bread and the drinking of the wine and communion, I got to go pray. And then soldiers with their weapons come upon Jesus and Judas marks Jesus with a kiss and Jesus is, do what you have to do, friend. And he's taken, but before he's taken, he picks up an ear that is severed by a disciple, Peter, because he pulls a sword, cuts off one of the soldier's ear, and he's like, yeah. <laughs> Just, I don't know what he did or what it looked like, but he did say, if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. Even in his betrayal, even in facing death, he still was moving and working. Friday, Friday's going to be a doozy on the calendar. They're going to put me in front of people. And the same people that shouted Hosanna will be the same people who shall crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. Another one of his closest disciples, Peter, will deny him three times. He will be beaten. He will be spit on. Even all, all the priests punched him and kicked him. They said, prophet, say who hit you first. They'll rip his beard. They'll tear off his clothes and cast lots for him. They'll put a crown of thorns on his head. They'll lash his back. Over and over and over. And then he will carry an old rugged cross up to where he will hang on that cross, be nailed on that cross. His side will be pierced on that cross. He will be taunted on that cross. He will hang there for six hours. That's a crazy Friday. And he will give up the ghost. But he makes one more declaration. It is finished. Saturday for us was quiet, but that was the most important day for Jesus. That was his errand day. He had a few errands to run. He had to go pick up keys. Two keys. One key for death. And one key for hell. Come on now. And then Sunday, what? There's an empty tomb and Jesus rose from the dead. Isn't that the most insane week ever? Jesus looking ahead at the week. Going to be a good one. Jesus looking back at his week. That was awesome. Some of us wouldn't even made it through Monday. Anybody ever had somebody betray you or backstab you or you're still dealing with it and that was 20 years ago. <laughs> Anybody ever been spit on? Don't do that to me. That'll take me a good 20 years to forgive you as well, right? But we see this crazy week and it all starts with a donkey ride. And so here's a few points I just want to give you to reflect on this week as we step into one of the most amazing weeks of the year. Number one, the plan of Jesus. Somebody say the plan. Don't sleep on Jesus. He always has a plan. He always has a plan. As a matter of fact, he is the plan. John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Wee! First Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Before the foundation of the world, he was chosen. Anybody getting excited about the word today? Revelation 1 and 8. He is the alpha and the omega. He is the beginning and the end. You know what? And he's the first, the last, and everything in between. 
He is the plan. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. It's a scripture we all know, and it's an encouragement to us. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Everybody take a deep breath. Now release that breath and know that that breath has a hope and a future attached to it. Come on, take another breath. Breathe in and breathe out. As long as you have breath, you have purpose. You have hope. You have a future. It may look dark. It may look like you are surrounded, but there is a heavenly host. There are fiery angels and chariots that surround those that surround us. He is the plan. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that the donkey ride would lead to him cleansing the temple. He knew that his uh, uh, authority would be questioned. He knew he would be betrayed. He knew he would take the lashes. He knew he would be nailed to a cross. He knew he would uh, take the keys of death and hell. He knew he would resurrect. Jesus has a plan. He is the plan. Three things you'll never hear Jesus say. Number one, write this down. Whoops. You will never hear Jesus say, my bad. (laughs) Whoops. Right? Number two. I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Anybody ever been in a situation where you just didn't plan it right or just life happens? You're like, I didn't see that coming. Jesus will never say that. And number three, how am I going to get out of this one? He has a plan. There's one thing you can always bank on. Jesus has a plan because he is the plan. You know what? One thing you'll never be able to give Jesus? A surprise party. You can throw him a party, but you can never give him a surprise party, right? So I want you to know in your life, no matter what you're facing, we can see through this week that Jesus not only had a plan for creation and mankind, but he has a plan for your life, for my life, for your life, for their life, for our life. He has a plan. Don't worry. Don't doubt. Don't fear. As I'm pointing at you, I've got three in my palm pointing back at me. Jesus has a plan. Can I get an amen? Amen. Not only do we see the plan of Jesus, but we see the posture of Jesus. He's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He left his throne in heaven. He is God, the son of God. And in our eyes, him walking into the temple should have been like, and now, all the way from Bethlehem, The one and only Jesus Christ. I'm going to strike you with lightning and thunder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Jesus. Yeah. That's what the people wanted. They wanted a king to come in on a horse. Hair like Fabio. Here I come to save the day. That's what we look for. God come in, but he comes in. The posture. Somebody say the posture of Jesus. He comes in not just as a king, but A humble king who makes a triumphant entrance on a donkey. Thank God for the NIV. Because if we were in the King James Version, I'm thankful we have the word donkey. (laughs) Read the King James Version of all these. There's some fun words in there that we would giggle about. But he made his triumphant entry on a donkey saying a huge statement. I've come to serve He was fulfilling the prophecy from the prophet Zechariah 500 years earlier that your king would come 
lowly, riding on a donkey. And we see that Matthew states that there in, in uh, verse 5 of Matthew 21. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on the colt, on the fall of a donkey. His posture was to get low. This would be the equivalent to Kanye showing up to the Grammys in a garbage truck. But she probably would do that anyway. These are my new garbage truck Yeezys. But if we look at the life of Jesus, we should honestly expect nothing less than his humility. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. From the earth to the cross, my debt you paid from the cross to... It's a worship song that came from heaven to earth, the earth to the cross, cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. If we look at how Jesus serves, you can look in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6 through 10. Who being in, in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. I'm like, God, if I'm going out, let me go out of my sleep. Let me get hit, be gone quick. It wasn't just death, it was death on a cross. Whew. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place. Give him, gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you want to get up, you got to get down. If you want to get up, you got to get down. Jesus went boom, 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 boom. And it's not like he was forced. He chose to humble himself. How in our lives can we humble ourselves? What is our posture to our wives, to our husbands, to our children, to our leadership, to our coworkers, to strangers, to our enemies? How can we serve others? Some of you laughing at me, but the way you treat some people, you're coming in. I, 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 dun, 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 dun. you cut me off. Now I'm going to flip you off. I mean, think about what we do in our anger and our frustration and how we respond when, Holy Spirit, how can we serve others, especially those who do not look like us, act like us, smell like us? Can I get an amen? So Jesus has a plan. He has a posture. But then the people. How many love people? I love people. All of them. Just kidding. <laughs> I love people. I really do. Jesus came to redeem people. That's the whole reason for this week. It wasn't just to set them free from a political party or a religious thing. It was, it was an issue of their heart. He came to save us, to save me, to save you. But people are funny, right? I'm funny. Not comedy funny, but like, wow, John, you went from zero to 100 fast. Or you went from 100 to zero fast. How is it in this Matthew 21 that they go to shouting Hosanna and here's my cloak and palm branches. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then just chapters, if not three or four days later, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. They knew exactly what crucify him meant. 
wasn't like, hey, what are we saying? Crucify him? Cool. Crucify him. Crucify him. Yeah, yeah. They knew what they were declaring. But yet just days before, with the same lungs, the same vocal cords, Hosanna. How do you go from the God who saves, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord, to the declaration of crucify him, crucify him. Actually, let's look at ourselves. How do we go from Sundays, bless the Lord, Jesus, and then Monday, Tuesday, ew, Wednesday, oh, what? How did I go from here to there? The people and their praise. They laid palm branches. They laid their cloaks to say he's royalty. He's a king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. But then crucify him? What changed their declaration? I would say fear. Think of how many times fear has changed your declaration. God, can you do it? God, I know you can, but will you do it for me? Selfishness is a good one. Not getting what you want, when you want it. What does it say about your faith when you're believing for a healing and God doesn't give you the healing? It just looks different. I can testify, you know, we, we tell our story of our son Jackson who was still born at eight months. And we knew early along that he was diagnosed with a disease that would take his life. But we prayed, we fasted, and we believed. And we didn't get what we wanted. There have been many moments, and can I be transparent? that I've wanted to give up on God because I didn't get what I wanted. There's been many moments I've said some nasty things to him, and he's let me. <laughs> he's let me say some bold things to him. He's a big God. He can take the big words, right? <laughs> but if I get so caught up in what I want, see, what those people wanted, you got to remember, they were in oppressed people, oppressed by a Roman government, oppressed by a religious, pharisaical, parasitical teaching on them. They wanted freedom, but they weren't looking for heart freedom. They were looking for political freedom. They were looking for religious freedom, but they didn't know what the cross was yet. They didn't know what the resurrection was yet. And because maybe they didn't get what they wanted or how they thought Jesus would come in on a horse and rah, you know, and all that funny stuff. That's not how it played out in my eyes. So crucify him. When I don't get it my way, think about when you were a little kid. When you didn't get ice cream when you wanted or to get that thing when you wanted. How many would be honest to say when I was three or four, I threw some temper tantrums. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How many say I'm 45 and I threw some temper tantrums. I didn't get what I wanted when I wanted. So I'm going to make everybody's life miserable. Crucify everybody. <laughs> but there is, and I want to use this word correctly because a lot of times it's connected to sexual perversion. But I want to talk about the word perversion. The word perversion is defined as the alteration of something from its original course. Corruption of what was first intended. You're still my first love. You're still my only one. You're still my first. That was the original intention for him to be first. But they were so focused on what he could give them versus who he was. There was a slight perversion. And it got off course. Look at your life. 
we are hand seekers versus face seekers. We seek his hand over his heart, his hand over his face. Sophia, or Sophia, come up here. I want you to stand right here. You're going to be Jesus because you're your hair. I want to put your hand out. Jesus wants communion with us face to face. I want to read this one scripture real quick. Psalms 27, 8. My heart says of you, seek his face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. We get so caught up in what he can give us that we miss who he is. So here's how we are. Hey, Jesus, how are you? I need a healing. I need my son saved. I need breakthrough. I need to pay my bills. I need friends. This is probably how stupid we all look. It's vertical worship versus horizontal. So what if we just were here and then all that Jesus has, he wraps around us. Mm. And that's all we can say, God, I just want to see your face. Because even when I don't get what I want, you're still good. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working because you never stop. We don't want blessings. We want you. We just want you. We want to seek your face. Thank you, Sophia. You're beautiful. Seek his face, not just his hands. And if you do that, you'll stay on course. But we get distracted by fear, time, how it feels, what the news is saying. Stay focused. Make him continually the object of your worship. Make him your motivation. So I just want to challenge you in that. The people and their praise. We are his people, but we choose his face over his hand. We appreciate what he brings, but we want him before any of that. Can I get an amen? Amen. This one's a good one. The punishment. The punishment. Somebody say the punishment. How many ever heard the term that the punishment fits the crime? It did. That was a rough punishment, but it was not Jesus's punishment. It was our punishment. I need you to understand that the whole week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, the whole week, Jesus at any moment could have got off the cross, could have took the lashes and I'm going to hit you. Spit on me. <laughs> Pull my beard. I'm going to, I'm out. Or call down angels. Yeah. I want you to know Jesus had a choice. He was not backed into a corner. Yeah. It wasn't like he had no options. He had every option in the world. He's the king of the universe. He had every option, but he chose to take your punishment and my punishment over and over and over and over and over and y'all get the point Isaiah 53 4 through 5 surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering yet we considered him punished by God stricken by him and afflicted but he was pierced for our transgressions he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. We get peace, he gets punishment. We get peace, he gets punishment. And by his stripes, by his wounds, we are healed. Healing is free to us, but he had to take lashes to make that possible. He took our punishment. Jesus had to die. So we could live. And that's what gives us power. Somebody say power. Power. The example of Jesus, the life, the death, the resurrection of Jesus gives us power. But it's not just any power. 
It's resurrection power. I love this scripture right here. In Romans uh, 8, verse 11, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me and in you. What does that mean? The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me and you. But what does that mean in the Hebrew? The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me and in you. What does that mean in Chinese? The same power. Resurrection, Pastor David says this, looks for the dead things. But in order for there to be resurrection power, there has to be death. We're going to raise the dead. That means somebody's got to die. (laughs) We're going to raise the dead. Who wants to die? (laughs) But maybe it's not a person dying. Maybe it's your dream dying. Maybe it's your passions dying. Maybe for me it was my actual son dying. At that moment when my son passed I had access to resurrection power you say what do you mean listen I laid my hands on her stomach over and over and believed for him to come back to life and that wasn't the Lord's plan but I trust his heart but through that we're still married our marriage is stronger today than it was. My kids are on fire for the Lord. We've seen more healings, miracles, sign that even in death, there is life. And I want you to know that you have access to that resurrection power. We will see the literal dead raised. I believe it. If you believe it, say amen. But we're also going to see dreams rise again and visions rise again and anointings rise again and marriages and finances and your thoughts. We're going to see life break out where something has died. If you receive it, say amen. I don't know what situation you're facing and you feel like it's dead, like nailed to a cross, Breath gone, wrapped up in some grave clothes, thrown in a tomb. But listen, there's life. Life after death. There is power. Somebody say power. Power. Say resurrection power. power. Woo. Man. Philippians 3 verse 10, Paul says, I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings. Even in my sufferings, I still choose you. I love how all, a lot of these apostles and, and uh, prophets and disciples in the Bible, they would write letters. Most of them were writing letters from prison. Even in a jail cell, they had power. Even in prison, they had peace. Even in the storm, Jesus took naps. Resurrection power. Amen. Shout it from the rooftops. Not only do we have power, and I'm going to ask Clay if he could come up, but we have a promise. Somebody say the promise. We've been talking about revelation, revealing Jesus, but we, we do believe that in a blessed hope that God is coming back one day. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 18. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangels, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. We have a promise, a blessed hope. Somebody say a blessed hope. Not only a promise of a blessed hope, but we also have a promise. He told the disciples after he resurrected, he spent 40 days with the disciples. And then 10 days from that day, we know Pentecost, which is 50 days from from Passover to Pentecost. And the famous last words of Jesus on this earth are what? Go! Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, 
and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. What? And surely I am with you. The promise is he's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. Michael Jackson, you are not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> I am here with you. I really listen to those songs and I'm like, yes, Lord, you are with me. How do we know that's true? Because the word says it. literally stand on it because I want to break my iPad, but stand on the word. Stand on the word. The promise is what? That he's coming back. The promise is what? That he is with you. And there's one more promise. Now I got to open up my iPad. The last one. The Holy Spirit. Woo! <laughs> I love the Holy Spirit. He says in John 14, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives with you and will be in we know 50 days from next Sunday is Pentecost. That was over 2,000 years ago, and he's been pouring out his spirit over and over and over. So we have a promise, a blessed hope. He's coming back. We have a promise, what? That he is with us. We have a promise, what? The Holy Spirit, it's in you. So one more time, the plan, God has a plan. The posture, Lord, let us be more like you. Let us ride more donkeys than horses. Horses represented war, donkeys represented peace. The people and their praise, let our praise, let us always seek your face and not your hand. Let us seek your heart. You will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. But then the punishment, thank you. You took my transgressions. You took my persecution. You took my lashes and you gave me life. You gave me power, resurrection power. Lord, we thank you for the things, I know this is wild, that died so that other things could live. Thank you, Lord, for resurrection power. I mean, thank you for your promise. Blessed hope that you're coming back, that you're with me. Even in my darkest hour, you are with me. And that I have the power of Holy Spirit running in me and through me and around me. You are so good. And listen, all of this started with a donkey ride. All of this started with a donkey ride. So can we just pray? Can we just bow our heads and pray? I just want to pray over you a few things. With every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're worried or in doubt or in fear, or maybe you're having trouble trusting the plan of God, would you raise your hand? No one looking around. Just be honest. Raise your hand. Lord, we thank you, and we, with our hand raised, we say we trust your plan. We trust that you are the way, you are the truth, you are the life. You have it all together. You know exactly what you're doing. And so we say we trust you with the plan. Everybody had bowed, eye closed. You would say, hey, Pastor John, I have sought his hand over his face. My focus in worship is, has been off because I've been so desperate. Just like those people were in Jerusalem. They were desperate for political freedom. They were desperate for religious freedom. But I just need freedom to have freedom. I need you because where you are, there's freedom. Just raise your hand 
in this room and say, I want to seek your face over your hand. Lord, you are the object of our devotion, our attention, our affection. We will not be distracted by our needs, but we will be distracted by not, we'll be, we will be attentive to our need for you. You are our focus. You are what we desire and we protect our praise. We say it's for your heart and not your hand. Everyone on this one, how many just want to lift your hands and say, thank you for taking my sin. Thank you for taking my punishment. Thank you for your stripes that heal me. Thank you for taking on all of my iniquity, all of my shame, all of my stuff. Just say, thank you, Lord. I want to take a moment, not just because it's Holy Week or Passion Week, but because you're so good. Just say, thank you, Lord. Every day we just say, thank you. Thank you, Lord. I don't deserve it, but you give it freely. I should be dead. I should be lost. I should be so broken, but I have you. I have redemption. I have salvation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. For taking the nails and the stripes. And stabbing you in your side, Lord. We also thank you for resurrection power. How many in this room, every head bowed, every eye closed, just say, there's some things that have died and I need to see life. Resurrection power, just raise your hand. Maybe you've lost a loved one and there's a void or you've lost a business and there's a void. Just lift your hand in this room and we just declare resurrection power. That the same Christ, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in these people whose hands are raised. We declare life is breaking out. It's breaking out now in the name of Jesus. Dreams and visions and anticipation and excitement. Get on the edge of your because something exciting is coming to you today. Can we put our hands together and celebrate resurrection power? And the last one, the promise, the promise of Holy Spirit. If you need a fresh touch of Holy Spirit, maybe for the first time, or the 10th time, we ask for a filling of the Holy Spirit every morning. Every kid I take to school and before Sophia starts homeschool, we say, Holy Spirit, fill us, fill us, fill us. But if you need a fresh filling or maybe you've never asked the Holy Spirit to fill you, would you please stand to your feet and we're just going to pray for you. Anybody? I guess nobody wants a fresh touch of Holy Spirit. Come on now. Just you want more. You want a dose of the ghost, right? <laughs> more Holy Spirit, more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, more kindness, more goodness, more faithfulness, more gentleness, more self-control. The gifts, we activate the gifts right now. Everybody just put your hands out in a receiving position. Say, fill us, Holy Spirit. Come on, just ask him and he will show you. He may have you start speaking in tongues right now or maybe you're feeling something tangible. But listen, it doesn't matter what you feel. It's about what you say and how you respond. Fill me, Holy Spirit. Fill me. Remove anything out of my heart that could get in the way of you totally filling me to capacity. Fill me with you, more of you, more love, more joy. I declare boldness in the name of Jesus. I don't know who's on this left side right here that's been feeling cowardly or like you're in a cave but I declare the spirit of boldness is upon you that the Holy Spirit is empowering you with boldness now he's going to give you and start to activate the gifts that are inside of you everybody lay your hands on one another put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder we stir up the gift of God through the laying on of hands and we say stir up the gift stir up those things that have been dormant stir up those things that have been hibernating or have been asleep, we say, come to life. Come to life. The gift of healing, the gift of wisdom, the gift of discernment. Come on, come to life now in the name of Jesus. If there was ever a time where the world needed to see the power of Jesus, it is now. And so we release it upon every person, even you watching today. You may be by yourself. Lay your hands on yourself, on your heart and say, I release, I stir up the gift of God that's inside of me. He's not giving you the spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and a sound mind. Step up, son. Step up, daughter. Step up to your place of royalty. Be the peculiar people, the set-apart people he's called you to be, and we declare that it is done in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.